Hello, everyone. Welcome to the goddamn podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett recording out of the XC60 recording studio. How is ya? How are ya? Let's just uh, let's just jump right into it because I gotta tell you, I gotta I gotta bang this out and then get right back to it. And by to it, I mean drinking beers and watching two sports. Oh, tonight's a good night. We got uh, the old uh, Winnipeg Jets, Winnipeg Jets versus uh, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. And uh, although you would think that that would sound bad, you know, an expansion team in the uh, Western Conference Final, but boy, these these Golden Knights, they're the real deal. And uh, Winnipeg are probably going to beat them. That's because Winnipeg is uh, likely going to win the Stanley Cup. Anyway, looks like it might be Winnipeg versus... Washington Capitals, an old Ovechkin. Oh, guys. O.V. Do you remember those old commercials? And the beer around here was O.V. Great taste, my friend. It was like a Molson product, I think. They were a beer. And when I was growing up, it was pre-drinking for me. I mean, I sure, I had a few sips of beer here and there, you know? My dad... He'd give me a little swig off the old Labatt Blue and and my pop. Fucking look out. My pop. Yeah, you'd have to watch him. You know what I mean? Because he thought it was hilarious. And it was that this little kid kept asking for sips of his beer. So he'd give me more than one. So I, you know, pretty much been a beer connoisseur my whole life. And uh, this Molson, they had this OV beer. And then, and at the time, the Russians, they had just come into the NHL. I don't know what had happened. For some reason, it was okay to let the Russians in. They weren't allowed in forever. And then all of a sudden in the 80s, something happened. And uh, I am no hockey historian, so I can't tell you what it was. But the Russians, they just, they, they, they clamored into the NHL like the, like the Mexicans going over Donald Trump's wall. Climbing over, making the place better, right? Because that's what, see, and that's the thing, right, guys? You, you people who are against the immigration, that's right. I went from talking about beer to, to immigration. And why not? Because it's diversity, friends. Diversity increases goodness, you know? Right now, I guess it depends who you ask. There are Canadian hockey players, maybe, who would say, it's, it sucks that other countries are allowed to play in the NHL now because I could have had a job. But you know what? Probably not because the game wouldn't have, been, wouldn't have expanded. There still would have been six teams in the NHL, you know? And then there, there's very few jobs if only six teams can make it. You expand the game. So anyway, you let these Russians in, right? And, uh, and other Europeans. I think I think were the some of the Europeans were in before the Russians, right? Like Mats Nasland, he was from Sweden. I remember he was around pretty early on. Borja Salming, guys, Borja Salming from maybe it was the Swedes. Somehow the Swedes got in, and they were like marijuana. They were the gateway drug, gateway drug to all of the goodness that we have today. And so anyway, the Russians came in, and uh, this commercial. And the beer around here was OV. And somebody did a parody of it. I don't know who it was. 
And maybe it was a sketch comedy troupe. Maybe it was my brother and his friends. I can't remember. I was a child. I'm not like fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jim, John Mulaney, who apparently recounts every single instance in his entire childhood and relays it perfectly and hilariously in all his stand-up specials. My memory is shit. And if you if you haven't got a chance, I know I'm bounced around here a little bit, guys, but I'm excited. I'm excited about tonight. We got good games on TV, and uh, John Mulaney, go watch that uh, Kid Gorgeous special. My God, is that good? But that's what I'm saying. Is just that his recollection of what happened to him in in his youth is mind blowing to the point where, because guys, I'm cynical. I'm a cynical person. Is that I'm thinking. He's got to be filling in the gaps with, you know, shit that makes the story well-rounded. How could you remember everything that he remembers? I'm just, but maybe he does. Maybe that's one of the reasons he's such a great comic, you know? It's because he's got this awesome, this uh, steel trap of a memory. Anyway, so they let the Russians in the NHL. And the Molson beer was O.V., Great taste, my friends, and the beer around here was over. And so somebody did a parody. And because all the Russians, they were like Konstantinov, Markov, uh, you know, other ofs, they end in OV. And so somebody did a joke where it was like parodying, parodying the commercial where they're like, and the last names around here are OV. And then they would show all of the Russian hockey players. You know? Hilarious and bigoted. That's the best type of comedy, right? Those poor fucking Russians, I tell you what. We gave them such a hard time. Like, they were in communist Russia at the time. All right? Like, back when back when uh, uh, the Summit Series was going on, you know, when old Phil Esposito, he was... Uh, so, so when we played the Russians for the first time, you know, in, uh, what was it, the 72 Summit Series, and they started kicking our ass because they were excellent. And people were, like, booing the Canadians. Phil Esposito, he got on uh, uh, TV, and he just, he was like, I don't know why, why you guys are all booing. Like, we're, out, we're, we're playing our hearts out, you know? We just, and it was such a good fucking interview. You know, and it's not like, not like today where everybody's a rich goddamn millionaire. Phil Esposito had, like, he had, he had a summer job. The Russians, for Christ's sake, were in communist Russia. They were lining up for loaves of bread, you know, trying to smuggle the, the, the Mickey Mouse, the blue jeans, trying to smuggle the blue jeans. They, so, so nobody had anything. Canadians had way more, to be fair. Russians were using fucking shitty old equipment that had been passed down probably from their grandparents, and they were still kicking our ass because they were excellent they were excellent at hockey. They still are. And, um, you know, when we started losing, instead of people recognizing, wow, these Russians are really great, man, maybe we should reconsider the idea of a more inclusive NHL. No, what they did was like, oh, fuck you guys. Oh, war. We hate you. This is the, the this means everything. It was like a, the Cold War on ice, you know, on ice. I guess that, yeah, very poetic, really. And uh, so, by the way, none of this, I didn't expect to talk about any of this, but guys, you know me. I start running off at the mouth. Who knows where it's going to go? Anyways. So uh, we're losing. 
and everybody wants the Canadians uh, hung and quartered because, God forbid, we lose to people we hate, and we hate them for some reason. Nobody knows why, but, of course, I know why. You're, you're the politics, man, and the media, man. Again, you know, telling us, you know, communism is not the way to go. It's like, guys, that shit would have worked itself out. Obviously, it wasn't the way to go, at least in the incarnation that it was in. Is that what you want? You want to be lining up for for fucking uh, loaves of bread? No, nobody wants that. People want their Mickey Mouse blue jeans when they want them. They want their nice fancy cars. All right? It's not a hard sell. Capitalism, not a hard sell for, uh, you know, but it should, you know, it shouldn't be run amok. Anyway, let's not get into the capitalism versus socialism talk because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about in that area. But what I do know is that when we were playing the Russians and we needed to win, it was like, like the players were saying at the time, it felt like war. It felt like if we lost these games we would be letting the country down in a way that was irreparable. The damage would be irreparable. Irreparable? Yeah. And um, so at one point, you know, I, Bobby Clark, with the coach, said he looked up and down his bench to see who would, uh, who, who he could call upon to go break, I think it was Konstantinov, I think that's his name, Konstantinov's ankle. And who was the greatest Russian player, perhaps, of all time? And Bobby Clark, of course, willingly jumped on the ice, two-handed the man on the ankle, and broke his ankle. And uh, he, the guy never played well again. I'm not sure if he ever even played again, but he certainly never played to the level he was at. Because of that fucking dirtbag, Bobby Clark. That's right. Because I'm not on the Canadian side. Like, go back and look at history. That is not... A cool thing to do. The Russians were just playing. They were just playing hard. They weren't being dirty. They weren't fucking... Anyway. It's, um... uh, To me, it's a black mark on hockey. Of course, we won. And everybody's like, oh my god! Henderson has scored for Canada! We're we're, we're heroes! Yeah, but we're, we're the villains! We're the villains, man. And we stayed that way. You know, like uh, they, I was watching TSN. They had uh, uh, another Russian, Russia versus Canada series. I don't know when it was, but um, Gretzky was in it and Messier, I guess. Maybe the, the 87 Canada Cup. It must have been the 87 Canada Cup, uh, the big one. And uh, they had Larionov because we're friends now with the Russians because cooler heads have prevailed. We understand. That they are, uh, they were an enhancement of our game. Guys, diversity, my point here is diversity breeds excellence. All right? I was, uh, uh, somebody was saying that in the entertainment sphere. I forget who it was. Was it Tina Fey? I don't know. But saying that the more diverse the room was, yeah, I think it was Tina Fey talking about Saturday Night Live. The more diverse the room was, and not just writers, but like the, 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 the crew, the directors, the lighting people, the gaffers, the, the ADs, the caterers. I don't know what other jobs are on set, but 
the more women were there, the better it was, you know, and, and the same thing with, you know, different cultures and different colors of skin. The more people that are around, the better your overall product. At least that's what Tina Fey was saying, and I tend to agree. I was watching, I don't know if you saw the Letterman thing, and uh, I'll get back to the Russians in a second. Well, the, the Letterman thing where he, he, he's interviewing people on Netflix, and he's interviewing Tina Fey, and uh, there's a bit of a weird turn in the interview and in that Dave is just kissing her ass the whole time. He loves her, and rightfully so. She's a, she's a juggernaut, you know, a genius of comedy. And um, he was talking about the diversity. And David Letterman, he said he, he feels bad because he always had all-male writers, you know. And, uh, and it looked like he was maybe going to try to make some kind of point or something like that. And then he says, you know, and he says it's great that she's changing the way it is. And, and, and he says he has no idea why he, has no fem- he had no female writers. And he has no real explanation for that. And he said, but, you know, the, the way I was looking at it, it was like, who would really want to write on my show anyway? It comes on at 1230 and Tina Fey just stops him cold. And she was like, yeah, but we do, though. And he was like, uh, yeah. And then he just he just kept going. And the audience, you know, applauded because you talk about the lamest. And I love Letterman. The lamest excuse. Jesus Christ. Right. The. Like, you're not. Even if you're, to try to take Letterman at his word, what woman would want to write on my show It comes on at 1230? You're not talking about some, you know, rich uh, you know, uh, heiress who you're plucking out of the lap of luxury and forcing her to write on a late night talk show with a bunch of sweaty nerds. You know, you're talking about a, a woman who's in the industry. She's, she's trying to get jobs like that. And you're David Letterman. To write on David Letterman is a dream job for most comedic writers. So the idea, like, it's, you're not just, you know, you're not taking a Supreme Court justice and going, yeah, you know your great life where you go golfing on the weekends? No, you're going to write on our TV show in the middle of the night. No, you're talking about sketch comedy women and, and stand-up comics and writers who desperately want that job. It was such a, It was such a weird thing to go, you have that much of a disconnect, man. I tell you what, though, guys, you know, the Me Too thing seems to be cooling down a little bit. And uh, there was some, you know, some backlash and, and some bad stuff came came uh, came ladies way because. But it it so desperately needs to happen. And I, I just don't think it's it's even remotely close to when when everyone's attitude is just. Like, people like Letterman, he seems like a good dude. He doesn't, did not even know. Like, he said, I don't even know why we didn't hire women writers. And that's why I say that the interview took a weird turn, because Tina Fey is, like, looking at him going, are you fucking kidding me? You know exactly why. You know, because you didn't want him in the room. You didn't think they could do the job. And that's idiotic, because one of the people you have chosen for your fancy Netflix show, where you're interviewing people who need no introduction is Tina Fey, somebody who you wouldn't have put in your writer's room because of pure bias. Guys, man, oh man, I'm only hiring ladies from now on. I'm hiring only black lesbian ladies for all my projects. Unfortunately, guys, I don't have any projects. But um, when I do, 
Jesus Christ. Anyway, back to the Russians. So Igor Larionov is sitting on the panel with like James Duffy and the the TSN crew, and they're um, they're watching the Summit series, or they're watching the yeah the 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 uh, the nineteen eighty seven Canada Cup. Sorry, they're watching that with Igor Larionov, who played in the games, and um, they're 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 cutting back between intermissions, and the Canadian broadcasters are simply apologizing. They're apologizing to a man twenty years later on behalf of Canada. Basically, they were like, "Hey, so you guys were uh, you were really treated unfairly out there, eh? Because guys like Mark Messier, because he's an asshole, were just running them into the boards, elbowing them, cross-checking them, hitting them from behind. The Russians were like, "What? What's going on?" So they would like look at the refs, and the refs would call nothing because the refs were North American referees, and they would call nothing for the Russians, no matter how badly they were getting abused on the ice, and they would call all the penalties for the Canadians. So the so they, they, they asked Igor Larionov in the intermission, so what was, what was that like? He said, well, we said in, in the room, uh, if we're going to beat the Canadians, we have to beat them four on five, because obviously we're going to be penalized for the entire series by these referees. So we'll just simply, and they almost did. You know what I mean? And they, so if they'd been given a fair shake, sure, I love Wayne Gretzky and I love Mario Lemieux. In retrospect, I hated Mario when he played because I was a stupid kid who thought, like the Highlander, there can be only one. Why couldn't you enjoy both? You saw Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky played at the same time, you stupid idiot. It would have been the greatest, you know, just celebrate it. I was always rooting against Mario because he was always so close to Gretzky's records. Celebrate it, man! So that's why. But, you know, I guess I'm still a bit like it. Like, I love Crosby, and, and I like watching Ovechkin, but I'm still always rooting for Crosby. But it's not as bad. At least I recognized, you know? Again, this is how, we, this is how I actually ended up on this topic, is that uh, Ovechkin it looks like he'll finally get to the finals. He beats Sydney, and uh, that was a huge monkey off his back. Sure, Pittsburgh weren't the team that they have been the last few years. They lost a lot of players last year, and uh, I really didn't think they were going to, you know, win the Cup this year. I, I just didn't. But then Crosby's always a winner. You never know. But uh, sure enough, Washington beat them. So Washington may move on, and Ovi, you know, it would be fitting. I mean, he's one of the greatest goal scorers of all time. Statistically, in his era, if you see how the number of goals Ovechkin has scored in his era, in a time when no one scores goals, you may make the argument he is the greatest goal scorer of all time. I'm just saying, guys. Anyway, poor old Russians. Jesus Christ. You know, it's like they needed their own Me Too movement back in fucking, back in the 80s, man. Just hockey players. They're such assholes. Jesus Christ. Breaking ankles. Friggin' messy ache throwing elbows, knocking, trying to knock people out of the game. Just play a fair... That's why, like, people... The game is much better. If you don't watch hockey, and if you don't, I apologize for the uh, last 15 minutes of this uh, rant here. But a lot of that cheap shot and shit, it's out of the game now, you know. it's uh, There's still some assholes. That's why, like, a guy like Brad Marchand, who was licking people, that's why it makes you so angry nowadays, because... You know, I thought we were getting over this shit where people acted like Sean Avery and a bunch of assholes. You know, let's just fucking move on, guys. 
play a respectable game. All right, that's enough about hockey. And um, also, there's a Golden State Warrior versus Houston Rockets game. Two super teams, guys. Super teams. So I'm going to watch it tonight. That'll be. That, I think that'll be a good game. And uh, um, uh, the Boston Celtics, who don't even have their best player, Kyrie Irving, beat the shit out of the Cleveland Cavaliers. They beat LeBron James. And somebody, somebody wrote a tweet that summed it up perfectly. It feels like the Raptors lost five games to none in their series now. Because the Raptors, that was the excuse for these Toronto Raptors who were supposed to go to the finals this year. We finally have the team that's going to beat LeBron. We're going to the finals. But, they, but when we lost in four straight, the excuse was, well, you know what? LeBron is just unstoppable. He's an unstoppable machine. He's a god amongst men. How can you stop a demigod? Well, apparently Boston figured it out without even their best player. Their Boston are injured. It's not just Kyrie that's injured. They're just they're beaten up as a team, and they still kick LeBron's ass in game one. Sure, the series, maybe LeBron will come back and win it, but it just shows what a poor effort Toronto put in. All right, guys, let's not dwell on it. I don't want to shit on the city and the city's team too much. Hopefully they'll come back. They'll be stronger next year. They'll learn. Hopefully when they watch that Boston game, something clicked. Uh, going, you know what? Maybe it's our attitude because we should have beaten that fucking team. Obviously, if a depleted Boston team can beat them, even one game, we should have been able to beat them. You know? And now let's talk about Sesame Street. Why not? Going straight from fucking uh, hockey basketball to Sesame Street. I uh, I don't know if you know, but HBO bought up Sesame Street. I'm not exactly sure why. And they changed the format to a half an hour. But I, I really don't know why. But it's good that somebody wants to continue Sesame Street. Here's the problem. You remember Gordon and, like, Luis and all these, you know, the characters? Cause, and I say you remember them because it's been the same guys since, like, 74. And like, when I watched... Sesame Street, now that the boy is old enough to watch uh, a couple of Elmo's and Sesame Streets, I'm like, hey, that guy, boy, they really got a dead ringer for Gordon. Gordon looks just like the Gordon I used to watch, but I'm 40. There's no way uh, it is Gordon. It's the same fucking Gordon and the same Luis and whatever other names they have. They're all the same since the 70s. And guess what HBO did? They fucking fired them. They fired the works of them. And uh, they expected that to be okay. Like, even me, so I found out, like, I found out the full story after the fact. But when I read the initial part where they let go all these guys who've been working there since the 70s, and I'm pretty sure Sesame Street, you know, it ain't broke. Do you know what I mean? If it's still on, and my 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 boy likes it, something's working on that fucking show. But they let these guys go, and uh, the backlash was swift. It, you, that's the one thing, man. This social media and stuff. There's been a lot of bad, been a lot of bad, but there's some good that comes out of it. For instance, Brooklyn Nine Nine, my favorite show on TV, canceled by Fox because they're fucking idiots they canceled like the the most awarded show 
that is on TV right now, the most critically and commercially successful show. I know they have their numbers and they have their algorithms and the whatever. So NBC, who initially had the rights to the show, they sold it to Fox. I don't know why they would do that. They regretted it. I'll tell you that much. They bought it up. And they said, don't worry, guys. We got your Brooklyn Nine-Nine season six right here. So that was all. That was like some social media shit, you know? And uh, the Sesame Street, an even better example of it. So Gordon, he's on some podcast or something, because apparently the Sesame Street uh, live actors do podcasts. Maybe the puppets do too. I don't know. And uh, he said, yeah, we were let go. And then people lost their shit. And they were like, did you fucking get rid of my childhood heroes? And, uh, and the thing is, it's not like I love those guys. It's I didn't have posters of Gordon on my wall. You know what I mean? You know, I loved like, Grover and Cookie Monster. Let me tell you, that Cookie Monster is fucking hilarious. He is hysterically funny. He's not like, hey, that's funny if you're a kid. He's a funny friggin' puppet. Like, he, he couldn't get any cookies to eat the other day. And... He was just, he's moaning like a Shakespearean actor. He's like, oh, the heartbreak. Oh, the despair. And I'm like, I'm laughing my ass off. My boy's looking over going, yeah, that, that is funny. Hey, Dad? I'm like, it is. It's fucking funny. Cookie Monster, is it? He, just watch it, you know? Even if you don't have kids. Guys, just plug into YouTube. Watch it. You'll, you'll see. Funny guy. And, um. I didn't love the, 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 the humans. They were humans. All I wanted when I was a kid, all I wanted to see was puppets. Puppets, puppets, puppets. And I think maybe that's what the HBO, what the brass was thinking. They're like, people only, the kids only like the puppets, you know? But look, guys, like everyone in comedy knows, you need a good straight man. Without the humans there to react to the puppets, you know, or Muppets, I don't know, whatever you call them then you, 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 it's just, it throws off the whole dynamic. You know? It's like the song says, you don't know what you got till it's gone. You pave paradise, you fire Gordon. So I uh, did a little, I, I kept reading the article, because, hey, don't stop halfway through. And um, after Gordon announced that there was, they had been, so unceremoniously let go. HBO said, oh, no, you guys don't understand. You guys are still going to be involved in all kinds of live events. You're still going to be working hard under the Sesame Street banner. So, you know, there was a miscommunication. And uh, they were, everybody was like, that still sounds like we're fired. Showing up at some live events, first of all, maybe we don't want to do that. And uh, then they totally fucking backtracked. They, they, they backpedaled the whole thing, reeled it all in, gave them their jobs back, apologized, said there was some kind of miscommunication. It wasn't intended. Just guys fucking own up to it. You fired them. Everybody said, oh, go fuck yourselves. And then you said, oh, boy, everyone's mad at us. You're hired again. People like. Who made that decision? I'll tell you what. That person needs to be fired. Like, I don't care. You know, I, 
I don't care how what your intentions were, how you can take such a beloved series and people who have been on that series since the 70s, you switch it to a new network, it's already going to make people uneasy. You're switching the format to 30 minutes already. You're, 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 you're poking the bear. And then you let go these characters who are fucking ensconced in all our lives. Like, you know it was some fucking 28-year-old moved up the corporate ladder swiftly because he's a shark. You know what I mean? Like the fucking Leafs GM. Oh, yeah, yeah. 32 years old and I'm running the most important team in hockey. In terms of, I'm not saying if you, if you don't like the Leafs, you know. They're important in that financially. They're, they're, a, they're a pretty big cog in the old wheel. Look it up. They make the most amount of money. Kind of, the NHL kind of spins out from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Just in terms of finances. You know what I mean? So, um, this fucking kid, he's like 32 years old. I don't know what, how is it that a 32-year-old gets to this point that quickly? And there's another GM apparently somewhere else who's 28 years old. Like, honest to God, guys. You know, you're not writing music. Like your old Janis Joplin and uh, Jimi Hendrix, who died at 27, Kurt Cobain. You can make a dent. In music when you're 27. You can make a dent in sports when you're 27. You know? You can be a world-renowned tennis player by the time you're 16 years old. But what you can't do is run a giant business at 28. Maybe you can. I don't. What do I know? Maybe that's the best time to run a business. It just seems like experience, you know, is important. But you know what? Maybe it isn't. Guys... I think I've talked myself out of this one because uh, you, know, you guys have heard me talk about, you know, old uh, fucking Todd McClellan, worst coach in the NHL, who wasted the great years that uh, San Jose could have had. And then uh, he's gone ahead and ruined all of Edmonton's young talent. And then that uh, Peter Shirelli piece of shit, the GM over there fucking up everything, making terrible trades, trading a Hard trophy candidate, Taylor Hall, for a pretty good defenseman. Oh, guys, don't get me started again on that. I don't know. Maybe experience is no big deal. But you still shouldn't fire Gordon. You know? Anyway, I'm glad that they're back. And I know they're avid listeners of the podcast. So, uh, guys, welcome back. And uh, please keep entertaining my boy. Does that mean I have to get HBO now to watch Sesame Street? I've been just watching it on YouTube, but they, they don't have a lot of episodes. Or at least I can't find any. So I'm just watching the same one over and over again. We've watched the Cookie Monster Thief episode three times. Because do I have to reiterate how funny that goddamn Cookie Monster is? Spend a lot of time with the boy, of course, because the wife is at work. And it's old daddy daycare, but we're going outside now, guys, because it's finally warm enough in this goddamn city. Somebody just saw me do my podcast. I got the tinted windows back here. I didn't think it was going to happen. But, yeah, he walked past. Ah, he's kind of old. Can't really be embarrassed in front of an old fogey. He can't understand. He's like, what? The kids use microphones in the back seats of their cars now? What's going on? 
what did I miss is what he's thinking. Hopefully, anyway. What was I talking about before I got uh, hella embarrassed? Oh, yeah, taking the boy out. Here's the thing, though, guys. Uh, the ladies go out, too. Now, the ladies, they usually, they're with children. Sometimes they're nannies, and sometimes they're the moms, right? And occasionally, guys. Now, I'm just assuming this from a numbers perspective. Occasionally, some of them are attractive, all right? Now, I don't know that because I'm married, and I don't see attractiveness anymore, all right? I have no idea who is attractive and who is not. I only have eyes for my wife. My lovely, gorgeous wife. Anyone else? No idea. But uh, the boy seems to know. Oh, little fella. Little Sammy. He was in the park today. And there were two ladies who, you know, I'm just judging by just the, the, the parameters that society uses for attractiveness. I don't feel it myself, guys. I wasn't attracted to them. But I just know. I've seen, en- I've seen enough magazine covers to know that what people think, <laughs> think is attractive. And uh, there was this one lady. She was uh, Russian. Hey, Russian again, huh? See, and she was she good looking. And uh, she had this. There was a lot of the Russian ladies, you know, around this area. They, they, they dress nice. And they've got a real walk to them. A real, like... How you doing? Maybe I have a kid or two, but let me tell you something. This is how I got those kids. Check out this walk. But down, but down. Yeah, it's like there's music playing when they're walking. It's a very Beyonce walk, but it's slow. It's a slow Beyonce. That's what these Russian temptresses have. A slow Beyonce. And uh, Sam was dancing in front of that Russian temptress for a good 25 minutes, just trying to get her to look up. But uh, no, she's on her phone, you know, enjoying the the non-communist society where she gets her iPhone and her fancy blue jeans and sits down in Canada. And look at that, making Canada a hotter place. You know what I mean? Diversity, guys. Let them in. Let them be hot and walk around with their sexy walks, <laughs> making making my boy impressed with them. Danced in front of her. She she wouldn't look up. She's, she's too busy on her phone, you know. And occasionally, she would yell something in Russian at one of her children. Uh, she didn't seem like a real warm person, all right? But she doesn't need to be. That's not her skill set from what I can gather. And, uh... But later... About 10 minutes before my wife shows up, because my wife, is, she gets off the subway at work. We're close to the subway. But about 10 minutes before Sarah gets to the park, this leggy blonde lady comes in. She's, I don't know if she was the nanny. My wife was like, was she the nanny or the mom? I said, I, it's, I don't know. She's, she was either a young mom or a, a nanny. But um, wearing some pretty high shorts, you know, and uh, blonde, pretty, and my boy just beeline to her. He left the Russian 
He was like, you know what, lady? I've moved on. I'm going after this California girl. Screw the Eastern Europeans. California girl, here I come. And he goes up to her. She's got her tanned legs crossed there on a bench. And he just stood right next to her. And she was like, hi. And he went, tomato. Because there was a ladybug um, sculpture next to her that looked a bit like a tomato. So she laughed and said, tomato. And, uh, you know, she didn't want to, she didn't want to burst his bubble, you know. Clearly he was showing off. He's like, look at me. I can speak and identify things. Perhaps you would like to get a coffee sometime. You could tell she was flattered because she kept like playing next to us and trying to engage him a little bit because he was just staring at her, just staring at her. So when my wife shows up, she, of course, doesn't know any of this. And she goes, oh, so how's it going? And I said, well, he's spending a lot of time trying to get someone's attention. I'm going to give you a guess as to who that would be. And my wife does a quick scan around. She sees the California girl with her little shorts on. And she, of course, suspects that right away. But it is confirmed. Her suspicion is confirmed by my boy trying to tell his mother about the blonde lady. He simply pointed at her and was like, damn, which is madam. Like, you know, damn, French for lady. He was like, damn, pointing at this friggin' woman. And Sarah laughs, and the lady laughs, because she knows. She's like, even when they're not even two, yep, they love me. Not me, though, guys. Not me. I didn't give a shit, right? I didn't even look at her. No, I I did. I'm getting better at uh, getting friendly with uh, attractive people. It's uh, because I don't know what it is about me. But maybe you're like me. But when I see somebody who is objectively attractive, I always worry that those people are going to think that I am uh, trying to hit on them. You know what I mean? That I. So I'm I'm less friendly to attractive people. I know, I know that. And I, I'm by, by people, I mean women. I mean, I don't care if a guy's attractive. I'm not friendly to any guys. No, I'm, no you don't. It's, it's, but that's the thing. It's changed. It's changed since I've had the baby because... Uh, oh, that guy just walked past again. He's, trying, he's wondering what I'm doing in here. I'm talking, sir, about attractive ladies. Would you like to come in and give your two cents? You old fogey. Anyway. But yeah, now that you got the kids, see, A, I find that guys are much more friendly. Dudes are very friendly with uh, me and the baby. They, they, well, he's a toddler now, but they always say hello. Uh, as you've heard me yammer on on the podcast before, the ladies, ladies under, I'd say 35, are usually outright rude. They'll knock Sam down. They'll just walk right into him. They're just so fucking, I don't know what it is, guys. And I've talked to some of my friends who also have kids, and they're like, yeah, man, absolutely. Ladies under, like, 35 and under, they're just, they're too busy 
too busy breaking the glass ceiling to be nice to children. Maybe that's it. Maybe they're like old me. Old me who was extra sensitive when I saw an attractive lady. Just forgot, God forbid, she think that I thought she was attractive. I better be outright rude to her. So maybe these younger ladies, they're like, hey, I don't want to be looked at as some traditional lady who fawns all over toddlers and babies. And like, oh my God, I love babies so much. Babies, babies, babies. I, I'm a, I'm a woman in the workforce, and I'm as good as any man. I'm better, in fact, I'm better. And I'm gonna work on David Letterman's late night talk show. You know, so I, they don't want to be seen in that light. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe they're overcompensating. But I'm here to say, ladies, you can still be nice to the kids. You'll still be respected. You know. You're, you're everybody's equal. We all know that now. Just just be nice to my boy. Is that too much to ask? But, of course, there's a caveat. Uh, any women who have children of their own around Sam's age, of course, are very nice because we're all in the park together. We're all in this together. So, um, you know, they're always nice with Sam. And because I've got Sam... That little thing has fallen away, the, the, the idea that the woman is going to think I'm hitting on them. I, I have a toddler here. What kind of fucking sicko hits on a lady when he's got a toddler? So I'm free to be friendly to, to the Russian temptresses and uh, the, the leggy California girls. And uh, now the Russian lady today, I didn't get a chance to say anything to her because, you know, like I said, didn't seem like the warmest of individuals. But I have talked to a few others. Of the the Russians, in uh, other parks, and all kinds of all kinds of people from all kinds of nationalities, different places, Africa, you know, Edmonton, you know that country, all kinds of people. So it's nice. It's nice to finally have some decent fucking weather. The only problem is that. Now Sam needs to spend every minute of the day outside, which is better than him wanting to spend every minute inside watching TV, but it's really, it's trying on his old papa. You know, out, want to go out, want to go out, want to go out. I'm like, I know you want to go out because that's all you fucking want to do is go out. I don't say fucking. But uh, like today, he was trying to leave with no pants on. My wife she she just finished telling me, you know, right before I came down to record the podcast, that uh, I'm not good at boundaries with Sam. And I said, aha, you are wrong, my lady. I am good at the hard boundaries. Anything in between my hard boundaries, absolutely. I, I give him a lot of freedom, you know. If he wants to play, like today he wanted to play with one of my backup microphones. And I let him have it. You know, my wife's like, you give in to everything. I'm like, no, because that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. She said, well, what, what, what's your hard rule? I said, anything dangerous. I don't let him play with forks or knives. You know, and today he was like, want to go out? Want to go out? But he wasn't wearing any pants. All right? He wanted to enter the world pantsless. And I get that. It was a warm day. I sort of wanted to be pantsless. There's a guy in our alleyway, actually, around our apartment building. He often is in there pantsless and underwearless. And it is unfortunate. But I say to the boy, no, that's a hard no, son. That's one of your boundaries. You just hit up against it, my friend. You will not go out into this world without pants on. You put on some goddamn pants. 
He wouldn't do it, so I didn't take him out. 30 minutes later, he uh, resigned himself to putting on some pants. And you know what? And then, like, later when I go to take him off, he's like, no, on, 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 no. I was like, you you wouldn't put him on, and now you won't take him off. You're a contrarian, my friend. Hard rules. And I'll tell you this before I sign off, because, uh, guys, it's time to go watch some fucking sports. Drink some beers! And cheer for some goddamn Russians. But um, there's this guy in the park, and he was wearing, wearing he was using binoculars. And this was the dog park. It wasn't the children's park, to be fair. So, because me and Sam, we spent a lot of time outside today. So anytime I saw a patch of green grass, I'm like, okay, let's just go over here. And we went to a dog park close to my apartment building. And there's a guy sitting on the bench, and I look over. And he's got these fucking binoculars up on his gob. And uh, I'm like, is he looking at Sam with binoculars? Because that's weird. And I think I got to say something, right? That seems like a conversation needs to be had. But uh, he wasn't. He was looking at birds. And I was thinking, this has got to be a difficult time to be a bird watcher. Like, this guy was old as shit. He was probably 80, you know? So God knows he's been watching birds for decades. And all of a sudden, every time he tries to go out for a peaceful bird watching, he gets the stink eye from a bunch of young ladabucks. A bunch of young parents going, hey, what, who are you? What's your story? What's, what are you doing with those? Are you masturbating? Are you masturbating looking at these children? And he's like, No! I'm masturbating looking at these birds. Can you leave me be? That's the thing. I you have to make a quick I had to make a quick scan. He's got a he's got a thermos and a cup of coffee and like a like a little backpack. He was clearly in for the long haul. He's sitting there for hours to look at birds. You know? And I think that that's one of the things you gotta do. You gotta get all decked out, man. You gotta dress like you're in fucking safari. And you just and just have a shirt that says bird watcher and then in parentheses i'm watching birds right now not your children the poor bastards we're treating these bird watchers like the russians from the 1980s guys let the bird watchers in it'll make for a better society thanks so much for listening everybody i uh gonna go upstairs gonna watch these games they're probably not going to be as good as I'm anticipating because that's how life goes. I'll check in with you soon. I got to go to Ottawa again next week, and I got a wedding to do. Maybe I'll talk about that shit, right? And I got my first long drive in in the Volvo. Got the first long drive. What The whole reason we bought this fucking thing for our long drives to Ottawa and Montreal, and we're going to test it out on Wednesday, baby. It's going to be beauty. See you again soon. I said shut up. Good night.